Welcome back to the Green Finance Podcast. I'm your host, Julia Tutina, Senior Reporter at Tearsheet. Before we get into today's episode, I would just like to quickly remind everyone that we are holding Tearsheet's Power of Pavements Conference, which we're calling TPOP for short, on September 15th at Current Chelsea Piers in New York City. This will be a day full of critical insights and discussions, as well as in-person networking opportunities. We have primarily designed this conference for senior management of financial institutions, fintechs, investors, and consultants. However, there's also limited space for other key stakeholders. So if you want to be among those few special decision makers, head over to tpopconference.com, that's tpopconference.com, but I'll also provide you with a link in the podcast episode description. All right, back to today's episode. In finance, we've talked before how the sustainability agenda has been condensed into three letters, ESG, standing for environmental, social, and governance factors that can be embedded into business decisions. But the rising popularity of ESG investments in an unregulated market has also attracted quite a few bad apples, leaving investors overwhelmed with the rising number of options, many of which might not even be as green as their label suggests. There's an increasing demand for services that help banks and financial institutions discern between all these new labels that have grown in popularity almost overnight. And the supply side is responding. Temenos, one of the biggest banking infrastructure providers in the world, has now launched an ESG investing as a service tool. I've invited Temenos' chief ESG officer, Calio Picciotti, to tell us more about their approach. I love this conversation with Calliope because she really has some inspiring perspectives on sustainable finance, the rising demand of sustainability investment tools as ESG moves into the mainstream. We're also chatting about the new sectors to watch in finance as it becomes more environmentally conscious and more digital as AI and data also have their role to play in the green finance as well. So without further ado, let's get right into it. Hi, Calliope. Thank you so much for joining us on our podcast today. I want to get your overall view of the whole picture that we're in right now. So do you think currently banks, fintechs, or financial institutions are sustainable organizations? And if you think not, how can they become sustainable organizations? Thank you. It's a really good question because right now ESG or sustainability or CSR has come to the top of uh, many, many companies and the top of the banks' agendas at this point. So there's a lot of banks and I'm talking about banks because these are our clients and we know them uh, really well. So banks are committing to ESG targets and they're setting net zero plans. They need to have ESG considerations within their operation products. So this is a very hot topic and and climate change, as we see it and we view it globally with the energy issues happening around the globe uh, at this point, is currently a major challenge. But it it creates both threats and opportunities and it has a a significant impact on the economy and the banking sector. So I would say that, yes, some companies and some banks might be ready, but some of them, they need to, to do some more um, in order to, to reach the, you know, to become truly sustainable organizations. It's still evolving, so, but I believe that banks are in a unique position to influence the transition to a low-carbon economy 
And they can do that by reducing the impact of their own operations, as well as the emissions they finance. So uh, we all understand how this pressure you know, will get pushed down to uh, the suppliers of the banks. And we as a supplier of, uh, of the banking industry understand the implications of uh, climate change and have the know-how to help them transition to low carbon economy. Um, what I would uh, mention is that first, uh, the banks, from what we see, need to measure and reduce the direct impact of their own operations uh, as they have net zero plans uh, in place or they put net zero plans in place. So they, we see that all these years they have been aiming to digitally transform, and this is mainly driven by financial and compliance pressures um, and uh, competition and customer demand. But uh, by uh, moving the technology infrastructure to the cloud, this has enabled banks to answer these challenges. But at the same time, cloud is also helping banks address other key challenges like the net zero race. So compared with legacy IT infrastructure, the cloud is a low carbon technology uh, due to the benefits that it, um, it uh, actually offers at the end of the day, optimization of application development and performance as well as significant efficiency gain from uh, hyperscaler data centers. So what we see is that uh, SaaS and cloud, and this is not something that we are saying, the leading hyperscalers are saying that, uh, they estimate that they can, uh, SaaS and cloud can reduce energy and emissions by over 95% compared to legacy IT infrastructure. So banks um, need to reduce their uh, measure and reduce the indirect also the indirect impact of their own operations uh, or the emissions they finance which is a bit more challenging so using ai in asset and wealth management as the basis for impact investing uh, this allows banks to measure the non-financial impact of their portfolios and choose the options that uh, fit best with their investment strategy and values so what we see here is that in order for banks and financial institutions to become a truly sustainable uh, organization, they need to embrace cloud and SaaS technology. And at the same time, they need to uh, be able to use uh, the technology and especially AI in order to be able to uh, get into fields like sustainable investing. And um, this is something that we see uh, through our clients and we have a, a really good example. And this is how what we presented on our flagship event a couple of months ago, the Temenos Community Forum, where together with Microsoft and the Flowey Bank, which is a cloud-enabled digital bank um, in Italy, uh, this is part of the Mediolanum Group. And uh, we showed that how a bank can actually achieve the triple bottom line, which is planet, uh, um, uh, people, planet, and profit at the end of the day. So the bank runs on the Temenos Banking Cloud powered by Microsoft Azure, and it actually uh, was able to generate uh, up to 96% less emissions compared to on-premise alternatives. So at the end of the day, yes, there is hope. And yes, there is a way how technology can actually help um, financial institutions and banks move and uh, to sustainability and move to, to become a sustainable and inclusive organizations. That's awesome and really a really interesting overview of what essentially was scope one, scope two, and scope three, uh, direct and indirect emissions uh, coming from banks and financial institutions. 
But when banks become digital, because that's already underway, what's the economy that we'll be living in? Can you tell us a little bit about the AI tools that are currently available for those that are digital to kind of encourage more sustainable options? How can data solve this problem for the financial system? Yeah, this is uh, this is true. Is um, it's actually uh, digital finance is is helping a lot towards this uh, this um, uh, direction, and uh, banks understand the urgency to act. And uh, they understand that technology is on their side at this point. And uh, this is what we are also know very well from our experience is that uh, how as a company we have integrated, have been integrating ESG into our core strategy and product offering in order to help uh, our clients transform into smart, inclusive and sustainable organizations. We have uh, incorporated ESG into the Temenos Banking Cloud, as I mentioned to you, and uh, we help clients measure, improve, and report on their carbon footprint of their operations, as well as the emissions they finance. On um, looking specifically at the investment perspective, as, uh, as you mentioned before, and we have launched ESG investing as a service for banks and uh, wealth managers in order to meet the growing uh, customer demand for you know, uh, very reliable and detailed data and transparency relating to their investment choices. And this is something, this is a, a solution that is actually based on uh, artificial, artificial intelligence. And this is how uh, AI uh, is helping, um, uh, could help unlock more of the potential in sustainable investing by using big data to data tools to identify sustainable investment opportunities. So banks, by using AI, for example, in asset and wealth management as the basis for impact investing, this actually allows them to measure the non-financial impact of their portfolios and choose the options that uh, fit best with their investment strategy and values. So digital finance uh, or you know, financial technology has emerged as a, a very powerful disruptor that is rapidly reshaping the real economy and the financial sector uh, globally. And um, this is something that I think uh, uh, will help uh, companies, will help banks, as well as their uh, customers in order to uh, uh, thrive and grow in the new era. Wonderful. I'd like to also inquire a little bit about the demand side for sustainable investing. There's been a lot of ups and downs over the past year when it comes to the appeal of ESG investing and the greenwashing accusations that have been circulating. But then we've also had the geopolitical events that happened at the beginning of this year. And on top of that, we're layering the macroeconomic environment with inflation and rising interest rates and a higher cost of capital. So there's a lot of things changing this year. And I'm wondering, what are you seeing from your side about the demand for sustainable investing throughout the stage of the cycle? Yeah, it's true what uh, you know, you're saying. Sustainable investing is on the rise and um, it is um, all about investing for the future and it's a future proofing. It has come a long way, but now it has become, I think, mainstream. And um, investing is overall is undergoing a, a long-term transformation towards sustainability. And um, if I can quote uh, BlackRock's chairman and CEO Larry Fink, 
Uh, he's saying that climate risk and transition risk are going to impact every portfolio across the board. So we see that more institutional investors recognize ESG factors as, as drivers of value. Um, the key to investing effectively is to integrate these factors across the investment process. Um, at the same time, we also see customers, um, as well as companies, that are progressively becoming more and more environmentally conscious of where they're spending and investing their money. And this is particularly true for millennials who are voting with their wallets and choosing banks that represent their values. So imagine them as the generation that is going to receive $68 trillion in inherited wealth by 2030. So banks cannot afford to ignore them. So sustainable investing is expected to be the new norm. So as all stakeholders recognize the importance of sustainable investing, a range of different investment products and opportunities have appeared in the market. I cannot say that all of them are you know, as sustainable as others. As sustainability standards and data are still evolving, um, so um, since this is a fairly new area that um, you know has been developed the past few years, so w- there's still you know more to see uh, around it. But we see that um, in in terms of uh, investing, sustainable investing, uh, again, artificial intelligence um, is allows banks to measure then non-financial impact of their portfolios and um, choose uh, the best you know, um, solutions for their investment strategies uh, and values. Still, there are more uh, to see in that field as we need uh, more standardization among uh, sustainability standards and, uh, and data overall. Yes, definitely. Everybody seems to be echoing that argument and Regulators have also been taking note of it, making moves in this direction, both in Europe and the US. And it's highly relevant because of all the noise that's been surrounding ESG. It's been a booming sector, but it came with a flurry of methodologies, data sources, scoring, and everybody just seems to be confused. And obviously, we've seen the greenwashing accusations flowing in the space, and that's been deterring some investors because... Of fear. It's unknown, it's unregulated, it's uncharted territory. So how are you guys thinking about running an ESG investing as a service tool within that landscape? Yeah, it's there's a lot of discussions, as you mentioned, around ESG. And there's many people who actually have, uh, you know, deep knowledge of ESG. Uh, of course, it's still evolving. Uh, and there's n- new things uh, that are going to come up. But there's also, you know, people that see it as a, as a good, uh, you know, short-term opportunity, which at the end of the day, if you ask me, leads to uh, all these uh, green washing, rainbow washing, or all these different kinds of washing uh, effects at the end of the day. Um, as a company, we are we believe uh, in ESG because this is something that is very, uh, you know, uh, close to to our hearts, and uh, it's um, it's something that we have been managing our operations responsibly for almost thirty years. While at the same time, we we serve the banking needs of one point two billion people which is the one third of the world's bank population. So we help, we know how to help our customers, our clients transform into smart, inclusive and sustainable organizations. And we have integrated ESG into our core strategy and product offering. So 
this is where we believe that we could help our customers to do the same with their own operations. And um, we uh, started incorporating ESG into our product offering. We have um, um, the Temenos Banking Cloud. We incorporate ESG as a service. As I mentioned to you, helping our clients measure, improve, and report on the carbon footprint of their operations. At the same time, uh, due to the uh, open platform for composable banking, we have the option to um, uh, plug in uh, third-party applications in order to help like sustainability calculators in order to help um, our, the, the customers of the banks to measure their own uh, you know, carbon footprint as well. And at the same time, um, we also uh, launched an ESG investing as a service uh, for banks and wealth managers to meet, um, you know, the growing uh, customer demands for um, for transparency relating to their investment choice. And um, this is something that um, runs on the Temenos Banking Cloud or any cloud or even on-premise. And uh, it actually helps banks to um, uh, ac- they accelerate the time to market for ESG-compliant products and uh, reporting uh, while reducing the cost of development. So this is something that actually, it's, it's a really good combination uh, with um, um, our technology together with uh, uh, incorporating ESG data in order to uh, provide um, the, the insights they need uh, towards uh, sustainable investing. So this is something that um, we want to be uh, sure that whatever we do is uh, aligned with the needs of our uh, customers, uh, with all, with our clients, with uh, our clients' customers as well. And at the same time, be able to uh, align with uh, uh, all the ESG developments and uh, not being able to rush something into something which will not have a, a positive effect at the end of the day. That's very, very interesting, especially since it's a new segment of the market. And I'm wondering here, what were the challenges of running something like this in a very particular sector, a new sector, which is ESG or sustainable investing? How was their experience of launching something like this, but also collaborating with folks in banking and finance on, you know, a new project as is ESG investing? Yeah, again, this is something that is still evolving. It's not... as, as if there are set standards around it. Uh, of course, there is a um, uh, regulation is, is still uh, evolving and um, uh, will eventually will become stricter in the coming years and it will uh, help standardize a lot of things, even on the, on, on the banking side as well on the ESG side. ESG regulation is also evolving and we see that EU is in the forefront and, and and the UK as well. Of course, the the US is also aligning with with the latest trends. So there is a lot of, uh, I would say, um, uncertainty at this point. There's nothing sure. Um, You go and find the standards, you align with the standards and you do it. we, on our side, we know technology really well and we know banking technology really well. 
And this is something that uh, helps us a lot. At the same time, we work with, uh, you know, third party applications and third party providers in order to be able to, to get them the, the ESG, you know, uh, data part that we need in order to be able to help um, our clients. And this is where I think uh, at the end of the day, there is um, a lot of uh, traction at this um, at this point, because um, there's a very interesting concept how you can use the use of actual financial transaction data, uh, for example, to estimate an individual carbon footprint. This is a very new and exciting field, and uh, it has. Uh, a number, an increasing number of banks, fintechs, and payment platforms that are investing in this area. So how you can use actual financial you know, transaction data and marry them together with uh, you know, carbon footprint data in order to provide uh, insights and in order for banks to um, comply with regulation. So there is still, um, I think, a lot of uh, work that needs to be done in that area in, in the sense of uh, standardizing um, the, the data, the ESG data, in order for um, the, the technology together with the data be able to help um, banks uh, to move into the sustainable investing or to move and become sustainable organizations. Wonderful. In your conversations with banks, because you work with some of the biggest banks in the world and have numerous partnerships, in those conversations, have they evolved over time to include more um, sustainable investing or has this been dominating more of the conversation over the past years? What's the general sentiment that you're, you're seeing in the industry with regards to embedding climate risks and looking at scope one, scope two or scope three emissions? Uh, new climate technology that's developing. Um, so when you're, you know, in these partnerships that you have with banks, are they echoing some kind of cultural uh, change that's that's uh, that's happening, or is this still a bridge that needs to be crossed when it comes to this mentality switch? So what are you seeing on your end? Temenos is the banking platform for thousands of financial institutions worldwide. So we we see many different types of uh, you know banks. We have many different types of uh, of clients. At the end of the day, and as you you know mentioned, um, right now. Uh, there is big popularity of sustainability issues and we also you know see the effect of climate change globally and there is also a big green rush of funds um, and uh, so there is a lot of complexities around sustainability and at the same time we see uh, a lot of banks that are actually committing to ESG targets and net zero plans and uh, they want to have ESG considerations and they want to work with uh, like-minded uh, suppliers in order to help them uh, reach their ESG targets. But also the pressure coming from the consumers, as we mentioned, the younger generations who actually want sustainable and ethical banking choices. And also coupled with, uh, we also see lately, um, uh, the banking uh, industry uh, is affected by all these different regulations. We saw the other day, uh, a year ago, the European Central Bank, as well as the Bank of England, they have already launched supervisory climate risk tests uh, to assess how prepared banks are uh, in dealing with um, the financial and economic shocks from climate risk. And um, we see banks 
also uh, getting into net zero, you know, banking alliances. We saw that in COP26. And um, so it's, it's um, what, what we see is that um, there is a lot of ESG pressure and it's pushed down to, you know, to, to yeah, the IT supplier of the banks. And um, the banks are looking for suppliers who have uh, incorporated ESG into their value chain uh, to avoid uh, the, you know, the greenwashing risk. At the same time, we see um, uh, the um, regulators that are saying that uh, banks uh, need to work more uh, on their um, systems because uh, if you think most banks, uh, bank systems were built a long time ago and might not be fit for purpose in this you know, rapidly changing landscape. So we are seeing ECB raising um, banks uh, legacy systems are, as a potential systemic concern. So this is, um, a, I would say, um, an environment which is full of uh, a lot of uncertainty and um, and uh, many different banks and in many different parts of the world uh, with under many different regulations are looking for um, uh, ways in order to be able to uh, go to the next level, cater to the needs of their uh, customers and uh, align with uh, uh, changing regulation. And what we see is that there is a big shift, and especially with COVID-19 and uh, how um, things are evolving, we see a big shift toward um, you know, cloud-based digital uh, technology. And we see that banks are understanding the strategic advantages of, um, uh, of uh, cloud and SaaS, and not only uh, quoting the business benefits, but also the sustainable, you know, uh, the sustainability benefits that this actually provides. We see uh, banks um, uh, um, moving from the on-prem implementations to SaaS and cloud technologies. We see a lot of the use of AI and how AI can actually help them um, uh, moving to the next level. So we see that technology is, is something that is, is a, a major part of, um, of the transformation of the banks in many different you know, parts of the world. In some parts of the world, maybe the transformation is happening faster. In some other parts of the world, it, it might take, um, you know, uh, a slower pace. Uh, but we, overall, we see that if they want to continue to, you know, to grow in this uh, environment, they need to listen to their customers and they need to uh, move to the cloud in order to, you know, to transform the way they um offer uh, their services to their clients and minimize cost, uh, maximize efficiency, efficiency, uh, you know, commercial efficiency as well as environmental efficiency. To read the transcript of our conversation, head over to tearsheet.co. If you're interested in more content about how finance intersects with sustainability, banking and ESG, please subscribe to our Green Finance newsletter in your inbox every other week and subscribe to the Green Finance podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'll be out with a new episode every two weeks, so I'll see you at the next one.